welcome to the Deepers Creepers podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. I'm Casey. And I'm Jess. And this week we, we're we talking about the number 23. And no, I'm not talking about the Miley Cyrus song that's a fucking bop. I'm talking about this movie that's a fucking flop. I just Ooh, came up with that. You like that? That was amazing. Thank I loved you. that. Thank you. Um, terrible oh my god terrible movie y'all love bad movies why do you make us keep doing this this is so okay all right so we're watching the number 23 i didn't even write when this came out um i think it was like 2008 ish to the internet so um i remember watching this around the time it came out i think i was like 13 14 maybe um and i remember thinking this is such a good movie it's so smart. I was dumb. This is dumb. So I finally understand how Casey feels when I'm like, oh my god, I watched this movie as a kid and I loved it. And then I rewatched it as an adult and it's bad. It's bad. 2007. 2007. Okay, yeah. Makes sense. Um, Yeah, it's just... We're gonna go through it. It's starring Jim Carrey and... um. Virginia Madsen. I love Virginia Madsen. I love She's Jim Carrey. Um, <laughs> if anyone doesn't know about the phenomenon uh, that is the number 23, it's like a real thing. Um, there are people out in the world that believe that it's like the number of like all things. Like it's in everything. They find the number 23 in everything. It's like a whole conspiracy. So I guess Jim Carrey like also kind of believes in it, I think. And so he, like, worked to get this movie made, and he obviously stars in it. Um, It's also got Danny Houston. So the cast, it's it's got that working for it. That's about it. The the son looks familiar. He does look familiar, and I can't... Logan Learman. Okay. Yeah, plays his son in this movie. Yeah, what do I know him from? Um, He was in... Lots of things. He was in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I'm not allowed to watch that. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the big ones. Percy Jackson. I think I saw that. I don't remember. Um, I mean, yeah. So my first Butterfly note. Butterfly Effect. Was he that's, in The Butterfly Effect? Yeah, that's a good Oh, movie. he was the young Ast- Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, okay. No, it's not. Okay, well, I it's guess that's another range of very, reason. very much in the vein of this. I also thought that was a good movie. Went back and I was like, wow, this is dumb. See, this is what I'm talking about. I haven't seen it since I was a kid and I yeah. remember being really sad. This movie's really smart. It's not. Yeah, my notes don't even make sense. So this is going to be really fun. Uh, my f- oh my this. God, yeah. This script is impossible to dissect. Like this... <laughs> It's so bad. The story makes no sense. So we're going to try to go through it as best we can. My first note is, this movie sucks. Our main character sucks. Why does he hate dogs? My first note is, I'm told it's bad. Why did he meow at a dog? Weirdo. Weirdo. Yeah, our main character, who is uh, Walter Sparrow, um, hates dogs. Hey, writers. If you're writing a script where we're supposed to like the main character, maybe don't like them. Like, make them hate dogs, because most people like dogs. That already alienates you from your main character. And, like, given how it ends, you'd almost think, well, maybe you're supposed to hate him, but I don't think that's the side that this movie comes down on. I don't think so either. I think he's supposed to be, like, a 
oh, he changed. Right. No, he's still crazy. So, yeah, <laughs> this man, his fucking life is just so tragic. I know. So, it starts with this, like, chain of events that kind of starts the whole thing off. He's a dog catcher. Hey, writers, if you're writing a character that we're supposed to like, maybe don't make him a dog catcher. So he gets a call on this dog um, and he got the call right before he was supposed to leave work because he didn't fuck this co-worker in front of everybody. Yeah, she tried to kiss him at a Christmas party and he denied her because he's married. Yeah. And she was like, well, it's uh, one minute till five, so you're still on the clock. Yeah, so then she, so he goes on this thing, he gets bit by the dog, it makes him late for his birthday party, which is February 3rd. Two, three. <laughs> so, um, we're gonna be doing that a lot, a lot during this fucking oh podcast. God, I wonder what Deeper Screepers adds up to, I wonder if I can make that. 23 somehow. somehow. I bet I could if I tried hard enough. Um, Don't get obsessed with it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so then he go. He finds his wife at a bookstore. She'd been like waiting for him. And this part I resonate with so bad because whenever we find any kind of vintage book bookstore, like Jeff just kind of waits outside because he knows like. You're going to be in there a while. It's going to be a minute. Actually, I've had a good long time to flip through it. Why don't you give it a try? The number 23, a heart-wrenching odyssey into paranoia, with the most horrifying metamorphosis ever told. I'm buying this for you. So, he gets to the bookstore, she's reading this book called The Number 23 by Topsy Kretz. I didn't get it the entire Topsy time, Kretz. but we had a lot to... T say it really fast. Topsy Kretz. Topsy Kretz. I wasn't saying it out loud. I was trying to follow the goddamn No, I'm plot. telling, I'm telling oh. the listeners. Say it really loud. Top secrets. What does that sound like? Yeah, exactly. It's fucking stupid. I had a lot of tequila. Yeah, we drew, we did watch half not. this last night when we were drunk. And then we took, we, we took a slumber. And, <laughs> and then watched the rest hung over this morning. <laughs> we had a hot girl slumber party. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> at this point, I wrote, Virginia Madsen, you're better than this. <laughs> I wrote <laughs> that he's an Aquarius slash he sucks. They're not correlating in the sense of Aquarius's suck. He just happens to be Aquarius, and he happens to suck. I'm an Aquarius, and I exactly. don't suck. Um, so the book starts out, and it's like, you can call me Fingerling. That's not my name. Then why would I call you that? It's a bad name. Why'd you pick that name? It's stupid. Fingerling at the zoo. And then he says, I don't even know what the book was about. Then why'd you pick that name? It's a bad name. Fingerling. Fingerling. My, I'm just going to call him Potato. I wrote that I was very annoyed that, like, when he was coming home, he said, I need a lot of birthday sex. Fuck off. I don't know why. That just, I was like, you're not interesting. You're not, I don't know. I know. And then. You don't like dogs. I'm sorry. You don't like dogs? I'm not fucking you. I don't care if it's your birthday. Period. Period. We love cats in this house. We love animals, okay? I never met an animal I didn't love. Um, yeah, my kids don't love face. I was talking about how much I love gators earlier. Well, dolphins. We don't, we don't fuck with dolphins. Dolphins are joking. I got her started. Dolphins are the white men of the sea. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> they are also redacted. Yeah. 
R word. Yeah. Um. So, so fucking funny. Anyway, he, then I guess because he got bit by a dog, he has to like go to like the psychologist. Yeah, like be evaluated. You don't. The cops don't even have to fucking do that when they shoot a person. And he, he got were, bit by a dog. I mean, he was making some pretty cryptic comments about killing the dog. I still feel like that's... No, I'm saying... No, I think he just needs it because he's crazy. Yeah, he is crazy. But this seems like just like a thing that they do for anybody. Oh, you got bit by a dog. You need to go through counseling now. Well, he needs fucking therapy, but maybe not for this situation. He needs prison. Yeah. So anyway, um, then they're talking about... Oh my god. Okay, so... <laughs> There's this red paint in this house. This wall that's red. Red paint looks like shit. Oh, it looks so bad. This is as close to red as you can get, basically, and it still looked good. And this looks really nice. Like, what was y'all's budget for the movie? Bad. The paint was bad. Bad. We haven't said anything good about this movie. So, she reads basically this whole book while she's waiting for him in the bookstore. And it takes him 12 weeks fucking years to read this fucking 40-page novel. It's like, that's like me, though. I've had a book about Charles Manson that I've been trying to read. Oh, it's a conspiracy about how, like, you know I love conspiracy theories. About he, like, the government, like, was involved. And, like, it's crazy, man. It's called Chaos. But I've read, like, 40 pages of it and I've had it for almost two years. I love that. I have ADHD, man. I'm like a fucking squirrel. I sit down and I look at a page. I'll read it. And then I'll be like, what the fuck did I just read? That's why. That's why. Yeah, I need to go back and reread those 40 pages again if I want to get into it. I'm working on it. <laughs> so the book he's reading, I guess we can kind of go through the book. Um, I don't want to do this movie. I... <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So we go through. He. So the book he's reading is um. This guy who is like I was a kid. Yeah, I'm a detective. I was a kid. There was this dog named Alfie that was in the neighbor's yard of the widow Dobkins, and uh, I had to chase him out of the yard. But one day I went into the house next door, and she was dead. Uh, the dog's a corgi. It was so toot. So toot. Um, and, like, the lady died on the author's eighth birthday, and all this other stuff, and Walter is, like, freaking out. This is Jim Carrey's character. Um, he's, like, freaking out because he's seeing all these similarities to his own life. He's like, my mom died on my eighth birthday. There was a dog. His name was Chief. I had to chase him out. I really like detective stuff. And Fingerling is saying this is why he became a detective. And Walter is like, well, this is why I became a dog catcher. Why? You became a dog catcher because a dog used to run in your yard. You are a fucking sociopath. Yeah, it was a cute dog. He wasn't bothering anyone. Oh, um, but Yeah. And then um, another character in the book is... Fabrizia. It's just Fabrice. I feel like before that we met the suicide blonde. You meet Fabrizia first. Oh, do you? Um, yes. Uh, I don't know. He, yeah, Fabrizia is Oh, like, yeah, because that's when he had the, um, that's when She Wants Revenge played. Yes, uh-huh. He meets her because um, he's a detective and she's really into, like, 
death and stuff and so she's like really into him and they fuck because it's dangerous or something i don't know she's really into it he is like in love with her and then he meets the suicide blonde Okay, right now, this kind of just sounds like um, Mad Libs, what we're going through, because we're just naming a bunch of things. We'll try to bring it all together. We'll try. We'll try really hard. We really are. I didn't even really know what was going on until later, so I think that that's why these are kind of so sporadic. And I've seen it before, but I still was like, fuck, what is this about? So, um... She's like, I'm a bad person. And I wrote... I'm a bad person. I wrote, she's got daddy issues and 23 issues. Yes. She's obsessed with the number 23. Daddy didn't love me enough. Daddy wasn't there <laughs> to take me to the fair. Change my underwear. It's like he doesn't care. Daddy wasn't there. He um, wasn't. <laughs> anyway, so he, and it's so, it's going to be confusing because we're going back and forth. So fingerling in the book meets the suicide blonde she is this girl who's crazy and is about to commit suicide so they send him up there to like talk her off the ledge and uh so she starts telling him why she's crazy because the number 23 and did you know pink is my favorite color do you know what pink is pink because red is 27 i don't know how they assign these things red is 27 and white is something else and that equals 94 or something and or 92 or something and that divided by four is 23 i'm like oh my god what a crazy conclusion that no one would have came to you can do that to anything you can like anyway um because then later they're like well something is 23.5 not just 23 but when you say that they say five is simply two plus three so five is also 23 <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she... There are five letters in my first name. Five <gasps> is two plus three. Oh my god. What the fuck? <laughs> so, she eats herself out the window when he leaves. So that's why she's suicide blonde. Yes. Uh, yeah, he thinks he's, like, talked her down and all this stuff, and then, yeah, she, like, kills herself. And it's this very gratuitous shot of her face just, like, smooshed on yeah. the concrete. It's pretty cool. Um, and then at this point I wrote, I hate myself, but this emo boy look is kind of working for me. He's, <laughs> so. I, I said he's hot as an emo detective. Yes. So, um, in this Bad movie, tattoos, the, uh, when he's like reading the book, you're seeing what's happening. Like it's playing out like a movie and these characters are playing dual ro- roles. So Jim Carrey is like playing fingerling when he's like reading the book, he's picturing himself. So you see him. And as Fingerling, the detective, he's, like, got, like, dark circles under his eyes, emo boy haircut, very, um, the new Batman, Robert Pattinson, that kind of haircut. Um, and he's, like, got stubble and tattoos all over, like, tribal tattoos that wrap around. Bad tattoos. But the he looks... The early 2000s were not, not a good era for tattoos. Especially on men. They just... Well, women, too. Anyway, um, so... He looks really hot. Um, but anyway, Fabrizia in the dual role is played by Virginia Madsen, who is also his wife, Agatha, in the real world. So, yeah, I was like, this emo boy thing is, like, kind of working for me. Like, whatever. So, um, so 
she is like this scene and I couldn't like I was trying to figure out why the director tried decided to make this choice because in this scene with the suicide blonde everything is like super overblown and like washed out like so 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 bright like they're like almost like fuzzy on the edges because and like she's like really really pale and wearing a pink like light pink silk uh slip and like bright blonde hair and so it just like i was like i don't get because it like it's not like every scene that's like the book is like that. is like that so i didn't understand why it was this scene i don't know choices choices were made yeah i wrote she jump <laughs> and then i wrote 86 blondie if you can see all these little numbers I was, for about 10 minutes of this movie, I stopped paying attention and just tried to make my name add up to 23. I could not, and I wrote, I'm bored. <laughs> uh, I wrote, pure Fabrizia, death and sex. Because she liked knife play. I wrote, Fabrice is kinky, because we started calling her Fabrice. She made him take, she made Fingerling take her to the scene of, uh, of Suicide Blonde's suicide and, like, fuck her. It's very, um, that girl in your next. I want you to oh fuck me next God. to your dead mom's body. You're so right. What is up with boys liking those kind of girls? I mean, I like kinky stuff, but, like, that's dark. <laughs> it really is. Um, I was like, his wrist says kill her. Is that, I can't remember if that's actually Walter? Is that his name? Or if that's Fingerling. I didn't write their names. I just wrote he, and it's always referencing Jim Carrey as some character. Yep. So he's still reading the book. Um, Fingerling, after he meets Suicide Blonde, inherits the 23 curse. So now he's going crazy, counting all these 23s. Um, Fabrizia thinks he's, you know, going crazy. She's, like, yelling at him. He counts the number of shoes that she has in her closet. How many does she have? 23. So he throws a pair away. <laughs> and Jess was like, and Jess said something and I was like, oh, if I have 23, she's like, you'll have to throw one away. I was like, or buy another. I like that better. The more logical um, solution, honestly. We love shopping. Yes. <laughs> I, I just wrote two divided by three equals 0. 0.666. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It equals 0. 0.6 repeating. Um, Dibble. That's the dibble that's number. The dibble. I don't know, man. I'm so <laughs> having such I'm a hard so time. I'm so confused. I so said th- Isaac think or Isaac thinks me. What the fuck? So his wife has a really close friend named Isaac, who's the a therapist. Yes, and there is this character in the book that Fabrizia, her professor. Yes, her professor starts having an affair with. Or cheating, if you will, since they weren't married. And he thinks, essentially, that his wife is doing this with her good friend Isaac. Because he's, he's reading it in the book. So he's, like, kind of getting starting to get paranoid. And then, yeah, in the book we see Fabrizia and the professor, like, fucking in the cemetery. And Fingerling, like, sees it happening. And um, this is when... Real Jim Carrey, um, Walter, dreams that he kills his wife. And in the book, 
fingerling had dreamt that he killed Fabrizia. Right. And so he's like seeing all these correlations. He's really starting to freak out, obviously. Um, he freaks out um, because he has that dream. And then so he decides to go to a hotel. Um, and of course, and then he starts reading the book. I don't know why it's taking him so long to read this book. You think if you were so obsessed with it, you just like lock yourself in a room and read it all. His son reads it in the night. Yeah. So, um, back to the book. <laughs> Fabrizia is found dead by the professor. And the professor's taken to prison. Um. Because he touched the fucking knife. Yes. Don't touch the knife. So then, when... So, okay, so Walter is reading all of this in the book. He gets to that part where Fabrizia dies. And this whole time, Walter is, of course, thinking, like, this is real life. You know, someone wrote this about something close to me. Something is happening. So he uh, goes to the cemetery. Um, He follows the dog that bit him, which is Ned. Ned. The dog's name is Ned. That's cute. And um, follows him to the cemetery, finds the grave of Laura Tollins. And uh, so he starts looking into the death of Laura Tolens, starts finding all these connections between it and the book, um, and comes to the conclusion that the guy um, that is in prison right now for the murder of Laura Tolens is Topsy Kretz and wrote the book. He's obsessed with the number 23. So to recap the movie so far that we are less than halfway through. He is reading this book. He sees all these correlations. So he's now, now he's at the part. So he's going to the prison of the man who murdered Laura, of the man he thinks murdered Laura Tolens to ask him, hey, how do I get rid of this curse? Because in the book, the writer of the book admitted to killing Fabrizia and he sees all these. So he thinks that that guy is the writer of the book. Fun fact, all of this is centered around Laura Tolan's birthday because that's when she, like, died or whatever on her 23rd birthday. February 10th. That's also my birthday. Weird. Also, uh, you skipped over a very important part, Casey. He fucking tranquilized the dog. Oh, yeah. I was so sad. He does tranquilize the dog. The dog's okay. The dog lives. It's fine. The dog is the uh, guardian of the dead. Yeah. Yeah, hence protector. Hence he guardian watches the over the tombstones in the cemetery. So, um, anyway, so Jim Carrey is, uh, gets to the jail, gets to the prison, and visits the guy, I did not write down the guy's name, um, who is, who supposedly killed Laura Tolens. He's played by Mark Pellegrino. Katie, if you're watching this, yeah. I fucking love Mark Pellegrino. I think he is beautiful and wonderful and such a good actor. Um, he was the, he was Satan on Supernatural, for anyone that watches that. So fucking good. Just... I love him in this role. He looks like... Did you ever see The Fly? Yeah. The Jeff Goldblum Fly? Yeah. So the guy that, like, um, is, like, the boss of, uh, what's-her-name in that movie, that he looks a lot like him because <laughs> he's got, like, the blonde hair and the beard. It's really weird. Um, Slightly like unkempt. Like a young, blonde John Ritter. It's kind of weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's pretty hot, though. Yeah. Um... So he goes to visit this guy in prison, and he's like, listen, I know you killed her. I know you wrote this book. What is the number? What does it mean? What can I, you know, how do I fix this? And the guy is like, you're fucking crazy. I didn't write this book. I didn't kill Laura. I loved her. I, like, he is, 
he's like telling him like no i was born on february 3rd two three all these things add up to 23 and the guy's like and like it's really obvious that this guy does not have this 23 affliction yeah and so jim carrey's like oh shit he didn't write the book he didn't do it his and then he like virginia madsen like comes to like pick him up from the jail or whatever break you know whatever and uh Jim Carrey's, like, written down the guy's name, and he's like, it wasn't him. He doesn't add up to 23. He can't kill someone. And his son was then like, I was reading the book last night, and I found on these two pages that were stuck together the P.O. box of Top Secrets. I'm just going to say it. It's Top Secrets. And it's also Febreze. Anyways. Who uh, named these people? Great question. Who wrote this movie? I don't remember what his name is, but this is his only writing credit. Stay away from movies. Okay? <laughs> you stay away from movies. At least you made a movie, but still, stay away. The guy who directed One and done. this also directed fucking the 2004 Phantom of the Opera, which was wonderful. This is not terribly directed, though, but it almost feels a little point and shoot. Yeah. It feels kind of inconsequential. The only, like real choice I saw made was that blown out scene that I didn't understand. So. Yeah. So, um... What do they do to, uh, Top Secret's P.O. Box, Casey? They send 23 boxes of peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Packing peanuts. Peanuts. <laughs> Just big fucking boxes. And, like, the, they're, like... They're like, the lady at the pocket packing place is like, you just want to send a, this box full of peanuts? And they're like, yeah. She's like, oh, is that all? And he's like, no, we want to send 23 of them. Overnight. I was like, that lady has to hate her fucking job. She probably called the police and was like, this, fam- this is a family of crazies. And I need you to watch them. Put them on a watch list. You are now on a watch list. You're, you're definitely on several lists now. So, um... They get to the P.O. box, wait for the delivery, and for the guy to get there to pick up his delivery. And it's this, like, um, weird-looking old guy. older guy. Um, just looks, like, very unkempt, crazy. Like, he's got the crazy eyes and the, his hair is all blue. And <laughs> so um, he they go in. When they see him, like, opening the boxes, they're like, oh, I guess that's him. And so they run in, and they confront him, and he sees Walter's face, and this guy's like, uh, you should be dead. And we're like, what? And he, like, freaks out, runs away, and then fucking jams this box cutter just into his throat, and just bleh. I wrote that he split his throat with a box cutter, but was still, like, able to speak, and, like... For, like, a couple minutes after. It was, I was like, mm... That doesn't seem legit to me. And it wasn't like a... It was like... Kind of... It was like actual, like... He's like, hey, so, like, I can still talk. Institute. Go there. You'll see. Oh, my God. So, Ag was like, you go. You need to get out of here right now. Take our son home. Don't let him see this. Right. Um, and I'll handle it. And so this guy was like, as he was dying, um, whispered to her that 
she needs to go to the institute because that's where he was like driven crazy yes um well that's where he works oh yeah he's all, well she's like what yeah. drove you crazy and he's like the institute he's like yeah the institute so he uh is sending her there meanwhile walter no, 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 hold on, we'll go to that in a minute. This is confusing enough. We're going to stick to her. So she is with the dying guy. Guy dies, tells her, hey, go to the Institute to figure this out. He dies. She goes to the Institute, finds this room with this uh, red light bulb. It's actually, this scene is actually shot really well because this light bulb is such a deep fucking red and the walls are all red and it just, like, it's such a small... Like, I felt a little claustrophobic watching this scene. Me too. Because it's so dark and so red and there's writing everywhere and there's, there's like a, a mattress in, in the, the wall that's like this big. Like, you would crawl through in like a haunted house. Yeah. That's what made me claustrophobic because mm. I don't, I don't like tight spaces. You guys know that about me. Yeah. And it's, it's just really creepy. And so she's like looking around um, and she sees this big box um, that says Sparrow, comma, W. And so we cut away from her, um, and we kind of leave that be for a little while. We don't really know what she finds, what it's about. Um, so we leave that be. We are back to Walter and his son, because they left the scene. They're back at the house. He is going through the book that he finally fucking finished. Um, so the end of the book uh, ends with chapter 22, Um Basically, chapter 22 is Fingerling saying, you know, I killed her, blah, blah, blah. I'm contemplating suicide. This is kind of my confession. And then the book just ends. Like, you don't know what happens. It just kind of ends. And um, so he, Walter, is going through every 23rd page of the book and circling every 23rd word. And it, like, writes this message out to him and says something, something, you're going to hell, Sparrow Man. Sorry. Oh man. Um. So, and it said something about like the park. Um, yeah, the um Casanova's Park, and then the stairs to heaven. Um, this very cryptic sounding message, but then there's a Casanova Park with a stairway that says stairs to heaven. And how many stairs are there? Steps are there? Twenty three. Twenty three. So mm. then the twenty third step. They dig up and him dig and his underneath son. He's it. bringing his son with him yes. to do this shit. And he doesn't really know where his wife is. He left her a note. He assumes he, she went back home or whatever. Um, so he digs this. They dig up this area. They find a skull. And they're like, okay, this has got to be the Fabrizia from the book, a.k.a., you know, Laura Tolens, who they're like the real life one that they're investigating. So they find the skull. The two of them run to a payphone. They call 911. Uh, the cops get there. Skeleton's gone. They think it's a prank. Um, yeah, I know. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so it's like they're dealing with it overnight. The sun's starting to come up. Uh, the son and the dad are still there talking to the cops. They're finishing things up. And the wife rolls up with Isaac, Isaac. the friend. And Walter's like giving him this look. And um, a scary look. He's yeah. like killing and, him with his eyes. And so she's like, okay, let's go home. Let's forget about this. They get home. They're on their way home. And he notices she's got all this dirt under her fingernails. And so when they get home, he confronts her and he's like, it was you. You dug up the skeleton. So he accuses her 
of being top seed. Yes. He's like, you dug up the skeleton. You are top secrets. You did this to me. At this point, Walter is convinced his wife wrote the book and she is fucking with him and she's got this big conspiracy going on. She He dumps out her bag and there's a knife in there and he's like, what's this for? And she's like, that was to protect us from whoever was going to be at the like at the P.O. box that we went to. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, no, it wasn't. Um, and we did forget to mention it was uh, one of the uh, shots that I thought was really cool. When they were, when the son and Walter were digging up the body, there were these shots through the trees, like from afar, like POV shots. So you could like see someone was watching them. So I thought that was kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So he's convinced that she wrote the book. Um, and she's telling him, like, no, let's forget about this. Let's just leave it be. Like, do not look further into this. And he's yelling at her. And she, he's like, no, you need to tell me. He's waving the knife at her. And she's like, you wrote the book. You did. You wrote the book, Walter. And he's like, no. <laughs> so they go downstairs and we're back to that box that she found in that red room in the Institute. It says Sparrow, comma, W. She opens it. The original manuscript for the book is in there. She pulls off the label that said Top Secrets that someone like slapped over it. And it says his name, Walter Paul Sparrow. So he's freaking out. They pull the saxophone out of the box. They pull Fabrizia, which was actually Laura Tolan's. Um, her ankle, ankle bracelet. bracelet out of the thing. And he's like having these flashbacks. He's starting to remember what's happening. So we're starting to realize he is Fingerling, which obviously, if you've been watching the movie, he's been playing Fingerling. But this is when you realize like, no, this is actually about him. He wrote the book. This is when the twist kind of starts happening. Um, when you start really uncovering it. Um, so he runs away. Isaac, Isaac shows up just to be like, hey, we can get you help. Like, it's all good, bro. Right. He's also probably really worried about his really good friend and like her son. Literally. Yeah. Like there is actually nothing going on between the two of them. He's just trying to help this he's fucking just a really, family. He's a really good friend. I know. And it's, um, he's the one that's played by, uh, uh, Danny Houston. And I think he's amazing. I yeah. truly do. I think he's great. Um, so he, <laughs> okay. So then Walter is freaking out. He's having all these flashbacks. He run, runs back to the hotel, which is the hotel he ran to a little while ago and the hotel from the book itself, of course. So he runs back to the hotel. He goes to room 23 and he's sitting there and he's trying to figure everything out. And this is when the movie explains itself. So we are going to try to explain this. So he starts ripping out the wallpaper and he finds the 23rd chapter of yes. the book. And essentially that's when he's like, okay, well this is basically my confessional story. Yes. And essentially he described how when he was writing it, it was going to be like a suicide note. Yeah. Um, because of what he did to Laura. Um, so he ended up killing Laura because she wanted to leave him because he so, was being fucking crazy. Okay, so here is the story that he breaks down for us. Walter, 
when he was young, his mother died and his father couldn't handle it. So he killed himself. Um, turns out his father had the curse of the 23, the number 23. Um, and so as a child growing up in the foster care system, Walter was afflicted by the number 23. He really struggled, um, had a hard life growing up, went to college, met Laura Tolens. Can you please look up, uh, who played Laura Tolens? Cause it's been bugging me since yes. I watched it. I love this actress. I can't remember what I saw her in recently. Um, but She's really, really great. So we are actually seeing the real version Rhonda of this. Rhonda Mitra. Can you pull her up? Yeah. I'm going to see what I saw her in recently. She's been in a lot of stuff, I guess. She was Sonia in Underworld Rise of Lycans. She was the... So if you ever saw the Underworld movies, she's like what the whole war of those are started on um Mm. yeah anyway i really like her i think she's great so um walters you know he struggles growing up he gets to college and he meets laura tolens um and they like fall in love um sort of he's in love with her she's really into like knife play like kind of like fabrizia was she's very much based on a character of course she's trying to just fuck yeah she just wants to fuck it's a very like um you know, crazy relationship. She's just really kinky, just really into like, you know, dark, you know, whatever. Um, so (laughs) he starts acting crazy because the number 23 finds him again. So he starts acting all crazy. He's like writing on her leg in her sleep. So then she starts fucking her professor, who is the one that's played by Mark Pellegrino, um, who's in prison for her murder currently starts fucking her professor so then walter still going crazy kills laura because she's gonna leave him for the professor and she said she never loved him yeah she said how could anyone love you you're fucking pathetic and so he stabs her what i'm assuming 23 times (laughs) um and then laura 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 And then buries her body underneath the 23rd step of the stairs to heaven or whatever. Um, And then goes to the hotel that he's currently in in present day. Starts writing his confession that turns into the book. Writes the rest on the walls. And then at the very end, as soon as, right after he's done writing it, he's got all this writing all over his face and everything. He runs out, jumps out the window and falls to his supposed death what he he was he attempted suicide so this is the actual story of what happened to walter sparrow so far he lands on the ground but he doesn't die he's still alive he goes to the hospital where he is rehabilitated um but because of the accident and because and this can happen your mind can kind of block out a very tragic thing to save itself from going completely insane so he's in this hospital he goes through the physical therapy his he recovers his body he can't remember what happened they don't know what happened they find his like manuscript his book and they're like oh it's just the rantings of a madman and one of the doctors that ends up with the book is the guy from earlier that they found his p.o box and he yes slit his throat so he ended up with that and inherited the curse of 23 where walter sparrow didn't remember any of this because of the accident um 
Well, this is about to get so much better because I have so many questions. Um, so he do- he's there for what I assume is a couple years, gets better, is literally leaving the institution on his way down the steps out the door and runs into Agatha and that's how they meet and then, you know, so on and so forth, present yes. day, they get married, whatever. So now he's sitting in this hotel. He's, like, realizing all of this. And I have lots of questions, but my first ones I would like to ask are, um, (laughs) what does he think? Okay, up until he finds that book and the number 23 catches him again, what does Walter think he did for those few years? What does he think? How does he not remember anything from the 23? He remembers all the rest of his childhood. He remembers his mom dying. He remembers, you know, I'm sure he remembers growing up in foster care. Um, But then he doesn't remember the 23 stuff. He doesn't remember college. And then he doesn't remember. So, like, did she just never ask him about his past? Does she not know what happened for those few years? Does she not ask him, hey, were you just coming out of this institution? Where have you been the last couple years? I don't know. Do you think it's like a short-term memory loss thing? But then they would know that he had short-term memory loss, and wouldn't they wonder where that was from? Wouldn't that be a thing in their marriage? That's true. And when they started reading this and freaking all this, you know, all this stuff, wouldn't they be like, well, you do have a lot of gaps in your memory because you had that accident. Nope, never mentioned. Nope, not, mm mm-mm. Makes so much sense. It makes all the sense. Makes so much sense. My question is... Why does Ag want to stay with him now that she knows that he's a fucking killer? So she goes to the hotel. He's realizing all of this. And he's like, fuck, I'm a murderer. I did all this. There's an innocent man in prison because of me. Yes, which all of this is extremely fucked up. Yeah. So she finds him at the hotel and she's like, I love you. It's fine. You're not that person anymore. I could yes, he is. never. Yes, he no is. one could ever love me. And she's like, "I love you. It's fine. It's why are you defending him?" And then he like pushes her up against the wall with the fucking knife. I'm like, "Bro, get out. Get out of that marriage." Yes. So then he's like, "I gotta go kill myself." So then, he, <laughs> so then he runs outside and he's standing in front of a bus. But then his son is like, "Dad, yeah, don't kill yourself." And he just kind of like jumps to the side. George, so. <laughs> she she literally says, but you're such a good dad and a good husband. Oh, you can be a good dad and a good husband and still be a murderer. Yep. Drama. Also, that bus was like so far away <laughs> when it saw him and it was just honking, 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 honking. He's standing in the middle of the fucking road. He that bus made zero attempt to stop or even slow down. Even slow down because when he stop, when he steps out of the way right before it hits him, it's still going full speed and still doesn't stop after or slow down. It just, you better get out of the way, buddy, because I ain't, this bus, I'm on this a, bus doesn't have very good brakes. I am on a time City funding. schedule. City funding, you know. I'm on a schedule, motherfucker. So. So. Then. He's alive, and it's, it's, it, 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 (laughs) it's all good. It's, but then, so, he has to admit to the people, like, hey, I murdered this person. So then we cut to Laura Tolan's, like, real 
funeral. Yeah, she's getting her body a proper wasn't buried one. there because they never found the body until. Yeah, so she know. has a proper burial, and uh, the professor is there, Mark Pellegrino, and he's all like, "Ooh, yeah, I'm free. This is great." Still not a happy ending. He was in prison for thirteen years. Uh, Add ten to thirteen. What is that? 23 23 so he like you've lost so much of your life and like people are gonna look at you differently forever like yeah anyway um like he even like had this whole speech when uh jim carrey visited him in prison he's like you know the worst part is like your family comes to visit you and then like they stop visiting you so much and then you never see him again and then you found out your sister has a breakdown because she can't stand you and like, and he's like, I loved her. Do you think, like, when he gets out of prison, he's just going to be able to repair that relationship with his family? No. Yeah, it's really sad. That's not going to happen. Like, he's, he can't forgive them for that. He knew he was innocent. Mm-hmm. And no one believed him. Like, that's not, that's not a happy ending for him. He has no one. Yeah. I hate this movie. Well, yeah, so, you know, he confessed to killing her. That guy got out of jail. He's awaiting sentencing. He and starts yeah. talking, he's like, one day I'll be up for parole and we can move on. First of all, you might not be. You might be in prison without parole for life. That is a fucking possibility. Yeah. Um, B, you're like, eh, we'll just move on with it. You still murdered someone. You murdered someone that you loved. You were in love with this woman. Who's to say you wouldn't do it again? And you're still crazy. Yes. You still have the 23 thing because right at the end, the last thing we see is him looking at the clock and it's 2.15, so it's on the 2 and the 3. And you're like, nothing changed. Like, I don't know how this movie wants me to feel about Walter. Like, the last, like, with the two, because the mom and the son are visiting him in prison. So you're like, am I supposed to feel like, oh, he's going to get better. He, you know, redeemed himself because he turned himself in, which that's great. He should. Good for him. Or am I supposed to think he's going to get the same treatment that Mark Pellegrino got in that, you know, his family's going to come to visit for a while, but then after a while it's going to fade and they're going to realize you're a murderer. Uh And it just, I'm like, why does this movie exist? What does it mean? What does it want me to think? And another question I have is, do you think... That anyone watched this movie and then became obsessed with the number 23. If so, go get some help. (laughs) I'm just saying. Go get some help. There are people out there who are obsessed with it and who find it in everything. And I think they probably need some help if they're thinking about... And if it's even, driving them crazy to the point of they're writing it on their lovers and the walls and they're thinking about killing people, and yes, they, get some help. They even say it in the movie, you know, 23 is very good at this conspiracy game. It does happen to coincide with a lot of things. Like, you can find 23 in a lot of things in dates and, you know, the axis of, you know, the Tropic of Capricorn and all that, like, other stuff. It Like, you can find 23 in a lot of things. It's very close to angel numbers. You can find that if you're looking like i'm sorry i don't want to offend anybody with that but like if you're looking for those numbers you are going to find them that is yeah. just how it works it's not some divine thing it's just that's just how the brain works you're gonna find the patterns if you look hard enough yeah and that's what this movie <sighs> i think should be saying but i don't think that's the side that it comes down on in the end yeah um i think my final thoughts are 
There were a couple times I just looked at Casey and I said, huh? Yeah. And, and I, I just kept laughing. There's so many dramatic fucking line readings. It felt so long, even though it wasn't. Person. Yeah, it's like an hour 40. Um, as far as recommending it, yes, I would recommend going and watching it because it's a fun time to just be like, what the fuck is happening? It's like the worst kind of twists, twisty type movie. You know what I mean? Because the twists make no sense and it's taking itself way too seriously. And I hate when a movie has to like, at the end, spell everything out for me piece by piece. Like, I don't want you to spoon feed it to me. I want you to give me like... I want to be able to figure it out at the end. Yeah, Yeah. I I love a good twist ending, but like this felt, it just didn't make any fucking sense in the end. Right. And that's why I wanted to review this, because I really love reviewing shitty fucking movies. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us through this one. Speaking of shitty movies, one of the next ones we're doing is, uh, I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after, um, Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows. It's bad. I've never seen it. It's hilarious. When do we... Doesn't it have a goth girl in it? I think so. A sexy goth girl? I'm in. We might... Okay, when so... When do we start Stephen King Summer? I was gonna say. So, um, what I was gonna say, we might do that soon, but we might actually save that for the fall because... Um, yes. It's found footage. So, what we are gonna do here in a few weeks, um, on June 2nd, Stephen King comes out with a new movie called The Boogeyman. It is based on his short story called The Boogeyman in Night Shift. Go... Go read the short story it's super short um go watch the movie when it comes out we are gonna review it uh i think our episode will come out on like june 17th mid-june um and it will kick off the summer of stephen king we are going to do 11 weeks of stephen king movies um the shittiest ones um we I'm so fucking excited, and I decided that, so we're going to start with The Boogeyman, and after that week, at the end of every episode, I'm going to give you guys a small hint for what the next movie will be, and then if you guys can, like, guess it under the comments or something, maybe we can make, like, a contest out of it. Sure, If you guess something, I can send you something or something. Um, So if you're interested in that, please comment below and let me know if that would be fun. Um, So anyway, after we do Summer of Stephen King, we are going to do Found Footage Fall, my Jess, idea last yes. night. Jess is going to put them all together, so I am going to let her choose if she wants to do Blair Witch Book of Shadows in a couple weeks, or if she wants to save that for fall, because we're going to do bad found footage. Oh, we're going to do all kinds. I've got tricks up my motherfucking sleeves. So we're going to be doing that for a while That's and my in the favorite, fall. so it's yes. really fun that we, I was just like, we were sitting there watching the movie last night, and I was like, Casey, found footage fall. Found footage fall. And she's like, yeah. Yes. So she gets her Stephen King summer, I get my found footage fall, and yes. we'll probably return to normal in the winter. Yes. Maybe. Well, and we'll be doing some games and stuff in yeah. the middle to kind of break it up. I've got a game in the middle of the summer and at the end, and then I'll break some other stuff with, like, research, stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we are so excited for that. Um, not excited about this movie. Fuck this movie. Um... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Deepers Creepers. Email us at deeperscreeperspod at gmail.com. Follow us on TikTok at Deepers Creepers Pod. And, um, you know, comments, questions, concerns, requests, blah, 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 all that. And you guys know we, were, we always do our requests because last week we did Carrie, and that was a request. So we will do them if you request it. So um, make sure you do that in the meantime. And until next week, stay, stay spooky. spooky. Bye.